Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends, yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Fear is usually not a good word. Fear's uh, record high with what right now? Oh, with inflation. Okay. Uh, consumer sentiment right now, based on the New York Fed survey in March that was released today, showed a 10% increase in the median ex- expectation of inflation just over the past month and the highest level in a series that dates back nearly a decade. So essentially, we uh, since they started measuring this type of sentiment among consumers, they have never seen this level of concern. And this, of course, comes right before we're going to learn where we're at, according to federal data, when it comes to prices and when it comes to inflation. Well, obviously... That's why it's so important right now for the American people that the adults are back in charge. Oh, geez. And we have someone leading um, that can help those fears, that can keep them at bay. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, excuse me. And uh, what am I doing here? You, you know what I mean. When you got that steady hand to lead the way, <laughs> then everyone can sleep good at night, right? That's a good part of it. Yeah. So let's just be thankful for what we have right now, Okay. I know we got a war going on over in Ukraine with Russia. True international under pressure. We got a great leader there. Okay, no more mean tweets. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's the thing: don't say gay. Okay, that's really. <laughs> I that's, try not to, but you just that's said that's really it. the concern of the majority of Americans right, right but now. But you just said it when they okay. can't get better. <laughs> Jeezer, gas. <laughs> don't say gay. Shut up. We need more mental health workers. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but not just fear there. You know who's trying to bring back fear? Who's that? Media, when it comes to COVID. Or oh, maybe yeah. that's just me. Here we go again. Oh, yeah. PA2. Oh, my gosh. There's another yeah. variant. Is it time to mask indoors? Oh, yeah. Again, says the Today Show. This yep. morning, with the nation's COVID case count once again on the rise, <laughs> some city officials are facing a difficult question. Is it time to make masks mandatory again? That's a difficult question. No, that's pretty simple. The answer is no. No. I'm going to do it. But I can see that a lot of people are probably going to say no. They well, then go the ahead and do it. One dude. It's like, man, I yeah, I think so. <sighs> probably not. Today in Philadelphia, where cases are up 89%, officials are expected to announce whether the city will reinstate an indoor mask mandate. By the way, uh, when they do those percentages, David, do you think that's a little misleading? Almost always misleading. Yeah. Yes. You've said this many times. Yeah, because you get, l- listen, they, they, <laughs> if the base number doesn't seem scary enough, they will always, always go with the percentages because then they can say, well, look, there's been a 75% increase in whatever when you're mm-hmm. really talking. They did this with uh, pediatric hospitalizations with COVID all the time. It's like, here's a 75% increase in the number of kids with COVID. And it's like, or the number of kids in the hospital with COVID. It's like, okay, so you went from like, I don't know, three to seven. Right. Oh, they talked to one other guy, I think, in Philly. I don't want to 
cut him short there. It stinks, but, you know, we'll do what we have to do. Okay, so let me get this straight. You're in Philly, all right, and you find the two people, all right, that would say, yeah, okay, mask mandate, it stink if we have to do it. Or the other person saying, uh, I, they, th- I think we should, but uh, people probably won't. You had to search hard to find the two guys in Philly that had that take. And I know this guy sounded very masculine. It stinks, but, you know, we'll do what we have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, go go to a Phillies game and then ask the patrons there about a mask mandate. I guarantee you they won't sound so joyful. It's exactly what I was thinking. The report goes on. Over the last two weeks, 27 states have seen a rise in cases. Experts say largely driven by the new BA2 variant. There's a couple things. Uh, The counts were so far down. Is it a surprise that you get a little spike now and again? Well, I don't think so. No, not at all. states. Okay. Um, And whenever you say at this point in time, experts say you've already disqualified yourself. Okay, because no one takes the, quote, experts serious anymore because they lied for a couple of years. So don't forget that, too. And now you get the king expert liar to say what, David? Yeah, well, here here's the context of this with Dr. Anthony Fauci, science's only begotten son. Uh, there were a couple of big Democrat super spreader events in D.C. and New York, and now multiple cabinet members, the Speaker of the House, and others have COVID. Even though there were vaccine requirements in place, you might have heard a lot about the gridiron dinner. Yes. A bunch of the elites getting together, you know, sharing war stories, having some fun, right? There were vaccine requirements, and now there's more than 70 people who got COVID. So obviously these vaccine requirements, like, that should be the signal, right? Okay, anybody who is even entertaining the idea, much less implementing the idea of a vaccine mandate, give it up. They you're, won't do it. You're not doing anything. It's been proven so many times it doesn't stop you from getting COVID. So, it doesn't stop you from spreading COVID. But that extra protection to keep you out of the hospital. So now that it's hitting the the well, the, the good people, the real people, right? Uh here is what the wise and powerful Dr. Anthony Fauci has had to say about COVID. Oh. Each individual is gonna have to make their calculation of the amount of risk that they want to take. What? No, we can't do that. No. Okay, I'll be honest with you, but only for like 15 seconds. See, some of these people could destroy me because they have the money and the power to do it. Okay? (laughs) So I'm going to side with them right now. I helped make them all richer. Uh, But now I have to protect them. In going to indoor dinners and going to functions, even within the realm of a green zone uh, map of the country where you see Everything looks green, but it's starting to tick up. So you're going to make a question and an answer for yourself, for me as an individual, for you as an individual. Wow, this is all new. <laughs> this is, <laughs> I mean, where was this a year ago? Seems to be a very pragmatic approach, doesn't it? Yeah. Wow, you I, mean different parts of the country don't have the same case counts or maybe have a different situation than others. So it would seem, well, at some point you're going to have to make a decision for yourself how much risk you're willing to take. There were a lot of people saying that. They mm-hmm. got booted off of social media and were called science deniers. Wow. What is my age? What is my status? Do I have people at home who are vulnerable that if I bring the virus home, there may be a problem? We're going to have to live with some degree of virus in the community. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you heard him. 
It's so hard to take, man. Don't you notice that, though? Don't you just love that? If something happens at a baseball game or a football game or something, Fauci's like, well, you got to understand, COVID's not done with us. Even if we are done with COVID, we got to mask up. Wear wear four masks. That's what I do. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It's all that. Until then, it, it starts hitting his buddies. You know, in 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 high society, and now suddenly it's well, everybody's got you know, everybody's got to judge their own their own personal situation. Okay, I do wonder though. He talks about like green zones, and there's the amber zone or yellow zone, and the green whatever it is, all these colors. Sure. How many people in the audience watching this particular show, which was ABC's This Week yesterday, even know what that really refers to? You know, it's funny. I had the exact same response when I heard that. I'm like, what is the green zone? Right, because we've been throwing. I don't even know what this is. It's like we're at tier one, tier two. Oh, wait, now it's yes. color-coded. Now it's all these right. things. Like, right. Most people have totally glazed over all of that right now. Are we in a green zone? I don't know. I, I, I just hear I that. Answer. <laughs> okay. I think I know why. Why? Well, I mean, I'm guessing. Okay. I don't know it for a fact. I think with a lot of these people with all the money, if I just say green enough, they'll know I'm on their side. Right. <laughs> green. It's green. That makes as much sense as anything. Sure. I just hear that line from from uh, Happy Gilmore over and over in my head. Gold zone, green zone, who gives a... <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. But, you know, I want to say this. Just as you guys are criticizing Fauci. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. No, Keep that in mind. No, third okay, person. Always. People who use the third person to describe themselves. Strike one. Okay. Just saying, you protest too much, you're going to get booted uh, off Twitter. At least for the time being. This. How about Elon Musk and Twitter? This is interesting. Oh, turn of events here. Yeah, Elon Musk has decided to not join Twitter's board of directors. The company tried to make it sound like he didn't want to go through a background check. In this BS. statement that they put out. No, I mean, the guy already has a security clearance from the federal government. I, I don't think a little company background check was something that was all that concerning to him. What appears to be the case is this. If he joins the board, he has a legal responsibility to act in the best financial interests of the company. So mm-hmm. that would include not tweeting things out like, I don't know, is Twitter dying, which he just did last week. <laughs> You know, right. you would not be able to do that. That would they could sue you. I mean, that would be a big deal. Uh, and if he joined the board, he would have a limit in terms of how much of the company he could buy, how many shares he could buy. Correct. So he's now considered an activist investor. That is an investor who actively tries to change the company and how it operates, not just take money. He had been a passive, but now he has changed his de- designation to activist, which has people wondering if a hostile takeover of Twitter is nigh. Well, it could be, because if you're a board member, I think this is what you've already said, really. You can only own so much. Yeah. But if you're not a board member, yeah. you can buy more and more and more. And, 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 well, you know, in that <laughs> world, great? too, I mean, you'd sell your mom if the price was right, you know. Oh, for those people? Yeah. I mean, if, if he goes in and starts writing checks, I mean, they're going to sell it in a heartbeat. I think we've proven it even on the show several times. Everybody's got a price. Absolutely. As you've said, well, I'm not doing that. And I say, for ten grand. Well, okay, okay maybe. Yeah. In that world, it's what, a billion? A couple yeah, billion? What yeah. are we talking about here? Because mm-hmm. it's nothing to Elon Musk. Right. I happen to see a documentary about him over the weekend, by the way. I mean, a fascinating guy. You know. And if you're going to get a hair transplant, go to the 
people that did his. <laughs> I know it'll cost you a pretty penny. But that they didn't butcher him like they do some people. Looks good. Yeah. Um, Joe Biden now going after guns. We got to get to that. And there's so much more. Great ahead. Van Camp and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. So Biden's new move is to go after what, David? Uh, guns. You know, everything else oh. he's tried has been so successful. So he just, he's like, hey, you know what? My, my approval rating hasn't gone low enough right now. So let me try to crack down on private gun ownership after two years of record gun sales. There are more new gun owners that have been created in the last couple of years thanks to pandemic lockdowns, thanks to spiking crime, thanks to the Black Lives Matter, mostly peaceful riots that were going on. Yes, sir. So you got a whole lot of new gun owners, and they're starting to really love their Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and alienate all of them with new uh, new restrictions. So he's nominating a new person to lead the ATF, a guy named uh, Steve Dettelbach, who lost the Ohio Attorney General election four years ago, in part because he was pretty extreme on firearms. Uh, and also they're announcing a new rule to regulate the manufacturing and sale of ghost guns. So they're going to treat these guns like other firearms made and sold in the United States. And they're they're framing this as a crackdown on crime, but uh, in New York City alone, only about 12% of the guns seized were ghost guns. Really? So the vast majority of the crime problem has nothing to do with ghost guns. No. How many people have you known in your life that were totally anti-gun until they learned about guns? Oh, a Everybody's lot. got their story. I know a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Does anybody ask Joe uh, why Hunter lied on his ATF form to get a gun? They seem to be allergic to that question. That's interesting because, yeah. Well, at least we know Kamala has been going after guns for a while, and, and maybe it's her influence because Joe talked about the Second Amendment, you know, during the primary debate. Oh, yeah. And Kamala said, Second Amendment, Constitution. Well, I mean, I would just say, hey, Joe, instead of saying no, we can't, let's say yes, we can. <laughs> to believe she didn't get any traction it was really weird wasn't yeah, it it's difficult for me to understand that that was like the grand closing of so, her campaign right there so charming and delightful here's the other thing do they understand because i know with as far as the liberal elite especially when you're talking about media yeah they think it's only uh the dirty gop that has guns right do they know how many democrats bought guns for protection over the last few years oh it's a lot Oh, yeah. I mentioned it before. I mean, one of the largest demographics in terms of gun ownership in this country is African-American women. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, they if, don't deserve to be able to protect themselves. If lawful American gun owners were a problem, you'd know it. Oh, my goodness. You'd, everyone would know it. Yes, of course. Well, I mean, you think about the demographics of the shooting in Sacramento just over a week ago. Mm -hmm. If it was different demographics, we'd still be hearing about it. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, we all know that. 
Seen it play out, I don't know how many different times. Uh, okay, I'm not trying to dive into, like, celebrity couples and gossip, but this will be interesting because it's on court TV. Amber Heard, Johnny Depp, this thing has gone back and forth. Oh, yeah. I've seen this before. I mean, the accusations both ways. Mm. Because she wrote that whole piece in the Washington Post talking about abuse. And then you find out what well, she did some things, too. Go ahead. You got that look on your yeah, face, David. I, I mean, I'm looking at it, and look, I, I still can't watch Johnny Depp in movies right now because, well, I mean, by most accounts, it looks like he's, well, one, a nut, and then also beats up women. So I, uh, that, I that's just a no-go for me. I can't separate that. It but, doesn't stop him from selling cologne. Right. And doing guitar poses in the ad. Yeah, that's that's a little I, weird. To a little me, bit. I thought we were all, you know, hashtag believe all women, but yeah. Now, but it, unless unless they can play Depp. an A chord, right, <laughs> with cool hair, right? Okay. But but in the case of him and Amber Heard in particular, it does seem like there was an element of well, maybe they were mutual combatants in this relationship. They both seem like extremely toxic people. Absolutely. But uh, according to an Instagram post of hers, maybe she still has love for him. What? So Johnny is suing me for an op-ed I wrote in the Washington Post in which I recounted my experience of violence and domestic abuse. I never named him. Rather, I wrote about the price women pay for speaking out against men in power. I continue to pay that price. But hopefully, when this case concludes, I can move on and so can Johnny. I've always maintained a love for Johnny, and it brings me great pain to have to live out the details of our past life together in front of the world. It was reported, right, that she defecated on their bed yeah yeah well yeah the whole thing's gonna get some pretty crazy some people express their love in different ways that's right oh my goodness and that was elon musk that dated her after johnny depp right and in that documentary i mentioned that i happened to see he was i guess heartbroken when she broke it off with him got some sort of magic powers Maybe it's the whole defecation thing. I don't oh, know. stop it. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm just asking. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, moving on to other things. Um, Kamala Harris didn't wear a mask because she thought she was important? Yes. Okay, we got to get to that much more. Come on. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. David, talking about a transportation mask mandate staying in place? Yeah, well, the mask mandate for traveling on buses, trains, and airplanes is supposed to expire next week. But the CDC and the federal government uh, may not be letting it go. This is the new White House COVID czar, Dr. Ashish Jha. And he was asked about this on the uh, Today Show. Hey, are you going to keep telling people to mask up when they hop on an airplane? 
Oh boy. This is a good, really good question. This is a decision that the CDC director, Dr. Walensky, is going to make. I know the CDC is working on developing a scientific framework for how to answer that. Uh, we're going to see that framework come out, I think, in the next few days. And based on that, we're going to want to be guided by this decision. You know, throughout the entire pandemic, we've wanted to make decisions based on the evidence and, and science. And I'm, that is what I expect we'll do again this week. You've wanted to do it. Why haven't you done it? No. You haven't made decisions based on the science that's been proven all i could think because i saw the same clip david that they made this guy the white house covid czar yeah after basically being the nbc mouthpiece for the better part of a couple of years wrong again and again and again you know how usually you get a great job because of a track record of success with this administration, if you have a track record of failures or you keep making terrible decisions in your job, you can't get fired, you might get promoted. It's one of the craziest things you've ever seen. That's just another example. Well, so, yeah. I mean, and again, it's... man, the CDC is taking a hit. It's not just, oh, you know, crazy right wingers talk about this. Look at the polling. We're with Democrats. People lost faith in the CDC because they lied to people. Flat out. Yeah. And so now, yeah, they're basing it on science, so they're going to roll this out for people. They're beyond it. They just are. I mean, the only thing that would help bring any credibility back is if you boot those people. You gut that thing and yes. start all over again. I mean, that's that's it. You've lost the faith of the American people. No question about it. I mean, the, and, but they're still there. All, everybody's still there. Well, no one got fired for Afghanistan. No, no one did. Okay. So that tells you everything you need to know. When you can Absolutely. have images of people literally clinging to an airplane and then falling off of it, and no one loses their job. When you can have 13 service members killed and no one loses their job. When you have a U.S. drone strike that vaporizes children and no one loses their job, that tells you everything you need to know about this administration. They don't care. No. As long as they're keeping... Wealthy white liberals happy? It's fine. Yeah, in a separate report, there's a report they put out every year. Which countries are the most brutal to Christians? Guess who's back in the top spot? If you guessed Afghanistan, ding, 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 you are correct. Not to mention, if you're a Muslim woman, it's not very friendly to you either. No, it's not. Moving on to Kamala Harris. She didn't wear a mask. Why? Well, she's one of the important people, you see. A bunch oh. of Democrats in Washington have gotten COVID, and they were all around the president just last week while they were celebrating not only, uh, you know, Obama coming back to commemorate the anniversary of Obamacare, uh, but they were also celebrating the Supreme Court's newest confirmed judge. None of them were wearing masks, of course, which has led to questions about why the party of masking was, by their definition, literally trying to kill the president. And a bunch of other old people. Yeah. So mm -hmm. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about the vice president in particular. Hey, where was your mask? Mm. I will tell you that the vice president has been wearing a mask inside. When there was a private greet, they were all wearing masks. Uh, uh, we before they went out. wearing a mask yesterday at the Senate. The, she was uh, playing an important role in, in confirming or overseeing the confirmation of the first black woman to the Supreme Court. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy smokes. Man. Man, I didn't realize how sophisticated COVID was. Meaning? That, that it, it cannot be spread 
nor can you become infected by it as long as a camera is on you and as long as you're doing something important. Yes. It's incredible. Yes. I mentioned that the other day. Wow, is that? If it's a protest, you know, with George Floyd, then yes, absolutely go on. Protests without masks don't need it. And if it's a celebration for the left, like with the judge, absolutely. Yeah. Well, dang, man. I mean, forget about vaccines. Let's just hire a bunch of CNN cameramen to fire uh, to 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 follow every American around. We'll be COVID zero in no time by that logic. Yeah, but you got to have some sort of power, man. That's that's part of it too. I mean, you think about this with Kamala Harris. What did she just say? This was an important role she was playing, right? So the mask would take away from that because of it has to be appearance, correct? Yeah. Okay, so if your appearance is important, then you get a pass. And really, we should have learned that from Lori Lightfoot, mayor of Chicago, in the beginning days of COVID. Absolutely. That appearance means a lot. And if you're in the public, you you get a pass for that. Because I think that's why she said she got her haircut while other people couldn't. Well, because she took her hygiene is, very seriously. And important yeah. to her, her appearance. Wasn't that it? I'm yeah. out in the public eye. Yes, yeah, And, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a haircut. I'm not able to do that myself, and so I got a haircut. See? You just have to understand the rules. You dirty people. <laughs> dirty, uneducated people just don't get it. That's part of it. Whiz. By the way, real quick note on COVID. Um, there's been different studies over time, right, about which states handled it well, which didn't. Well, a lot of the states that shut it down, they will, in their own state, tell people, we did so well. If it hadn't been for what we did, well. How many people could have died? Oh, my gosh. Well, there is the Committee to Unleash Prosperity. You heard of it? I like that. Steve Moore is the uh, co-founder of this, and he was talking to Fox. said, yeah, we did our own study, okay? And what we wanted to do was figure out how well these states handled the pandemic, its subsequent restrictions and lockdowns, and you take everything together. Who shut down education? What about the metrics on the economy? And then you look at mortality from the virus, Put all that together, and then we can see who performed well and who did not. Here's a big shocker. New York, California, New Jersey, and Illinois were among the worst. No. In dealing with coronavirus. It's impossible. Performing, get this, poorly on every measure. Mm. So the whole part, the, the whole point of the study was to persuade governors not to close schools and businesses the next time we have a new virus variant. And what were they talking about on the Today Show today? Ugh. New variant cases rising. Lock it maybe, down. Maybe we Mask should up. think about masks again. Mm -hmm. So in this little study, they said the states had high age-adjusted death rates. They had high unemployment and significant GDP losses. And they kept their schools shut down much longer than almost all the other states. Now, states like Utah, Nebraska, Vermont, Montana, South Dakota, and Florida, just happen to be governed by Republicans, Received the highest scores in the study, first through sixth. As a matter of fact, 13 of the top 15 states were governed by Republicans. Yeah. 
So I think people that have actually followed the data for a long time know this isn't a big surprise. They also um, found out that locking down businesses, stores, churches, schools, and restaurants had almost no impact on health outcomes across states. Well, of course it didn't. States with strict lockdowns had virtually no better performance in COVID death rates than states that remain mostly open for business. Now, are they going to learn from that? No, I would not bet not. on that. No, I would not bet on that. If you want uh, some nice news today, and I don't know how you're celebrating, it is National Pet Day. Yeah, it is. How about that, huh? You knew that. Yeah, of course I did. How did you know? I saw it on the, the Internet. It must be true. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. I suppose once people find out, they'll get some sort of treat for their pet. You know what the most popular pet in America is? Dog. Yeah. Easily. You're a cat person, Scott. I have two cats, yes. I put both their pictures on my personal Facebook page today to celebrate National Pet Day. Did you really? I did. And I see you're wearing your rival son's T-shirt with the kitty cats on it. Yes. That's really nice. Are you wearing a cat shirt today, David? I am not. I missed the memo that it was Pet Day. David's got both. Okay. Um, I don't even know what to say right now. I feel like you should be embarrassed, but I don't think you are. Who, me? No. Uh, anyway, moving on. Why would I be embarrassed? You put their pictures up on your social media. I got no children at home anymore. They're, they're the closest thing I have to kids. That's fine. And I love my I love my cats. So, yeah, I put them up there. I'm proud it's, of my cats. I don't think cats. it's bad that you have something in common with a lot of lonely liberal women. Okay. See, that don't have anybody. But that's you, you so have stereotypical. You. Well, it's, here's my cats. Here, everybody knows I have cats. Everybody they're, knows. They're fine. That's fine. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Okay, so it's dogs <laughs> and cats. What is the third most popular pet? Can you name that? Wow. What it would be third? Uh, fish. Yes. Well done. Yeah. Then what? Rabbits. Gerbil. Well, close. Hamster. Or hamster. That's fifth. Fourth is birds. Oh. Yeah. See, now now is where you draw the line. You don't like birds. Oh, birds are messy. Then there's mice and horses, snakes, guinea pigs, lizards, tarantulas. There you go. But dogs. Most dogs popular. lead the way. Yeah. Yes. When they ask people to describe their dogs, what do you think they said? They love them. Yeah, loving. Yeah. Playful, intelligent. They love their dogs. Yeah. People love animals. I would say costly. Pretty costly. Eat stuff that costs a lot. Okay. Worth it. Um, news update, and you won't believe what's happening in Santa Monica, California. Woo! Coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jeremy Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Have you noticed more people, at least in the United States media, calling for us to get into this war in Ukraine? Yes. Yeah, little by little, you know. Yep. Everything's been primed. The first person I saw do it was, uh, was it last week, maybe, Ali Velshi on MSNBC? Yep. Who was saying, like, what's it going to take for us to actually commit to an actual military campaign in Ukraine. Who was calling for it openly that we need to we need to go in and intervene. 
That was my first question once Russia went in. At what point are people really going to start calling for us to be in that war? I don't think it's totally happened yet, but you're seeing it more and more because it's so hard to see what's happening to the people there. If you have a heart, you obviously it's heartbreaking to see what's happening yeah. to regular people, to families. Well, you know, Joe women, said we children. weren't going to put boots on the ground. I know. You know, whatever Joe says, you know it's true. <laughs> I don't know about he that. He never, ever shifts up and changes. No. No, I don't think the American people have changed. No, I don't think they have. He he will. I think of it. I, I just I, I really do think we're going to end up with boots on the ground. You do. I don't necessarily want that to happen, but I, I, I think it's almost inevitable because I can feel the tide turning. I mean, you can feel it out there. Again. I mean, it'll be a it peacekeeping force. It'll be called a peacekeeping force or whatever. Right. They deem it, you know. Yeah, we'll see. We're Getting not really s- at war. We're just, just just a peacekeeping force. The new Russian general, known as the Butcher. Oh, yeah. What he did to civilians in Syria. Yeah. They're expecting the same in Ukraine. and That's going to be reported on a lot. Yeah. But again, I don't think most people want boots on the ground there. Like give them what they need. Let them fight the war. We'll see if that continues. Yeah. Man, oh, man. Also, there is another state telling teachers they can hide students' gender identity from their parents unless the student gives permission for their parents to know. What? Yeah. Well, that's ass backwards, isn't it? Well, yes, it has been Parents for a long give time. their kids permission to do stuff, oh, not the other way around. Not in this brave new world. These people. That will hurt LGBTQ families. Or at least that's what the left tells us. That state, by the way, is New Jersey. Their education department's official guidance on the subject states that, quote, a school district shall accept the student's asserted gender identity. Parental consent is not required. Got it? No. I mean, I got it, but I don't like it. No. Not at all. I mean, you again, you look at the polling with parents. I, it's crazy to me politically that Democrats want to go down this road. Oh, and yeah. Back this and fight it. Double and triple down on. No, yes. it's the parents who are wrong. Yes. Good luck with that. Well, telling someone you as a kindergarten teacher, you're not going to talk about sexual issues in class. And someone to turn that around and say, OK, this is discriminating. And it's hurting LGBTQ kindergartners. Well, people don't buy that. Or it's hurting families. How? They never answer the question. They just say it's hateful. And the media gives them the pass. But I don't think most people just buy into that anymore. Uh, Oh, gosh. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck got engaged again. I saw that this morning. It's all over the place. Please. Gail King. Yeah, I know. On CBS this morning, they were talking about it, and she's just so happy for Jennifer because for so long she just wanted to be happy. She's trying to find someone. Gosh. Trying to find someone? It's like one after another after another. Look at the track record, for crying out loud. Where you go? Puff Daddy, Ben Affleck. Uh, A-Rod. Lucius, A-Rod. Back to Ben Affleck. Keeps making all these great choices. Nice guys. Yeah. They said the ring was $10 million. Between five to ten million. Ten yes. million dollars. Yes. Green stone. Here was the other thing. Did you, did you hear how she actually announced it? And the people that will buy into this. She teases it on Instagram. And that points fans to her online newsletter on the <laughs> JLo.com. 
It's 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 really unbelievable. Yeah. But here's the thing: you have to subscribe to the newsletter to see the actual video. Right. Oh my goodness! So this is the second time they've been engaged. The other time was in 2002. Just wants her to be happy. Been snake bit so many times. I don't want to bet on it because it feels bad to bet on it. But how long do you think it'll take oh. before Ben Affleck is uh, back in rehab? Back in rehab? Are we talking about an actual bet here, or are we just talking just, about just fun? what do you think? I don't want to bet on on that. But okay, all right. I'm guessing six months. Oh, I was going to say three years. Going to hang with it for a while. I'll it's when it gets old again. I'll sit in the middle of 18 months. months. 18 months. Yeah. Okay. We'll put it on the board anyway. We'll keep track of that one. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. What's back on the table, David? Oh, mask mandates for schools. No. that That's something that they may go back to recommending. A lot of places have dropped mask mandates in schools, but uh, they might be slapping masks back on the kids very soon for science or something. Uh, so White House COVID czar Ashish Shah was asked on the Today Show if they're, you know, actively looking at this as a recommendation across the board. And he said, well, yeah, absolutely. Duh, of course. What? Yeah, so, you know, CDC, and again, you know, CDC has created a framework that I actually really like, and I've been very supportive of it well before I came into this role, <laughs> um, which basically looks at each yes. community and assesses. My point, the guy was with NBC forever, was their COVID czar, was wrong repeatedly, so he gets promoted to the White House. Um, which basically looks at each community and assesses risk based on infections, based on hospitalizations, hospital capacity. And one of the points that the CDC made was that well, schools should not be treated differently than the rest of the community. And so if there are mask mandates in the rest of the community, schools should have them. If there are not, they shouldn't be. Uh, that's what we should be doing. So people no. can go to the CDC, look up where their community risk is, and that's how we should be deciding what's happening in schools. Masks are much more detrimental to kids, right? We know that. Yes. I'm just your simple jamoke, but you try to make sense of it. From all the studies we've seen, masks, especially with younger kids, get in the way of learning, especially when you're learning language, not to mention socially what it does to kids. We know that, right? Safe to say masks, worse for kids than adults, correct? Okay community and assesses risk based on infections, based on hospitalizations, hospital capacity. Why don't you base it on the effectiveness and the efficacy of masks? We know those studies. They, they, they don't, don't do much, if right. anything, especially the way kids wear them. They 15%. Don't, they don't even have debate on that, though. It's not even talked about. It's like it, it just is. You're going to wear the mask. Okay. Because it cuts down on your... Okay. That just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me where this guy Brutal. is saying, and, and actually, I really like this. This only takes 
seven seconds. I want to hear it again. Um, which basically looks at each community and assesses risk based on infections, based on hospitalizations, hospital capacity. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No. The masks don't work. It's been proven. If there's any benefit at all, it's little, and it doesn't outweigh what it does to kids on the negative side. My gosh, man. I mean, we already know this. It's politicized. It's for some other reason. But still, when you hear somebody out there trying to push that BS, it's angering. Okay. Meanwhile, do you want to get to the Postal Service? They got to deliver everywhere, right? I mean, I, I want to send this to my friend in Santa Monica. All right, so it's going to get there on time. Well, hopefully they don't live in one particular neighborhood. So Joe Biden's out there today talking about how he's going to crack down on ghost guns yeah, uh, in order to crack down on crime. It's not ghost guns that are the biggest drivers of crime. It's another breakdown in law and order that we've seen play out really over the last couple of years. And Santa Monica is a perfect example of that. The U.S. Postal Service is no longer delivering mail to one neighborhood because of violent threats to mail carriers. Wow. We're just not going to deliver there. It's not worth the risk. We got postmen and women that could get killed here, get hurt, not delivering there. Sorry. Now, one case that was actually reported to the police uh, involved a broomstick. So it's time for some person, like, runs after the mail carrier with a broomstick and and hit the person. Oh, my gosh. So we need common sense broomstick reform, obviously. What they need to do in California is when you break the law and you assault someone, you put them in jail and they stay there for a while. But that's anti-loving? Is that what I'm to guess? Yeah. Well, a lot of the recent gun control conversations started after that shooting in Sacramento except it involved gang members. And one of the guys served less than half of his 10-year prison sentence, was just released. Yeah, and you look at the guy's record, what have you done? Oh, my gosh. Well, it clearly says in the cold, neither rain, snow, or broom handle. (laughs) Really? But that's wrong. That's the thing, man. You're watching a city disintegrate. Stop voting for these people. Yes. You're ruining these towns. You're ruining them. Yeah, you just watch it get torn down. And what are you to do about it? Oh, yeah. Santa Monica. Swim out and pass the break and watch the world die. Have fun. Liberals are taking over. Yep. See you later. Thanks for playing. Okay. Um, good news, I think, with Twitter, with Elon Musk, said I'm not joining the board. Not going to do it. That was a surprise to a lot of people because that was the word last week. He buys 9% of Twitter shares, and, well, he's going to be on the board. And a lot of people, especially conservative people that like freedom of speech, saying, hey, this is great. He's going to put them on the board. Well, he could make changes there. And then you come to find out, well, kind of hard to make changes as just one board member, right? And then, well, there's the fine print. If you become a board member, you can only buy so much Twitter stock. Mm-hmm. Elon Musk said, no, thanks. I don't want to be on the board. Now, so people are trying to figure out why is that? Who's going to be on the board? Now he's not. And then he put out a cryptic tweet himself. Anybody see it? Yeah. How would you describe it? Um. Okay, I can't be on the board, and that's good because now I can sit here and take shots at you all day if I want to. 
You know, it's just one little yeah. emoji. Right. With the hand over the mouth. Right. You're like, hey, that's cryptic. What does that mean? Well, it means he's going to still be involved in criticizing the company he's owns 10% of. Yeah. And he's allowed to do that. They're going to silence this guy. Well, and what is this all about, Elon Musk, as far as what he said? It's freedom of speech. Can't have a society without freedom of speech. Well, the Twitter CEO, Rog Argawal, he's not a fan of free speech, if you remember. I mean, we had the audio. We played it. This isn't about free speech. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is about a better society. They'll decide what is yeah, sure. speech that's appropriate and what's not. Elon Musk hates that. So he is not going to be a board member, but it frees him up to buy more and more. Maybe buy the whole thing. You just don't know. So this will be very interesting to see how it rolls out. Um, The CEO of Bloom Institute of Technology tweeted, Hostile takeover inbound. My reading of this, one, Twitter board wakes up to realize Elon owns 9% of the company. There's a path to him taking over. Two, offers a board seat contingent upon him not buying too many shares. Try to contain. Three, negotiations break down on term details. Four, question mark. You just don't know where it's going to go. Nope. But that part is pretty fascinating. You think he'll get his way, David? Yeah, maybe. We'll see. You know, what what he does, what he winds up doing. I mean, again, as a board member, he wouldn't be able to criticize the company in a way that would hurt them financially. He has a legal responsibility uh, to make sure that he's not costing the company anything. Um, I I suspect that he'll probably have the SEC giving giving him a – uh, colonoscopy within the next year because, uh, you know, just to see if he's doing like a pump and dump kind of thing. And there's going to be a whole lot of reports about that, I'm sure, as people are trying to figure out ways to make sure that he doesn't have an influence over Twitter. Mm-hmm. And well, you know, this is coming. People. What's that? He outsmarts people. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is coming because of how many stories, I don't know if you've seen over the last few days, of employees of Twitter completely freaking out about this. Oh, yeah. The Washington Post running a story over the weekend saying it's terrible that he is uh, taking over Twitter, essentially, because what does that do when a billionaire can control a platform like that? (laughs) Says the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Irony is dead. Right. Well, or so it was okay when it was Jack Dorsey at Twitter. But the thought of Elon Musk, oh, no, this is bad. Because this guy's all about free speech. My goodness. Um, And this is kind of a crazy story from the medical world. Doctors are now prescribing Krispy Kreme donuts to kids for what? fat-affirming care. No, they're not. No, they're not. no that's a Babylon Bee headline, but I yeah. want to see wow. if you believe it. For a second there, I thought, wow, who's sponsoring this? The <laughs> insolent lobby? Oh, that was a Babylon B headline. Just thought it was funny. Pass that along. Okay. This is so ironic, at least for this show, the audio we're about to play, David. I don't know how this happened. We just talked about this guy the other day. Yeah. Well, there there was a big virtual music festival to raise money for Ukraine, and yes. John Lennon's son, Julian, sang mm-hmm. one of his dad's songs. First time he'd ever done that, apparently. Featuring one of your heroes, Nuno Betancourt, on on guitar. He's a great guitarist. It's fantastic. Yes. 
That doesn't mean I have to love this. I've said before, this is one of the most overrated songs in history. Mm-hmm. And sad. It is sad. Lyrically, but Julian Lennon. Imagine there's no countries. Oh, boy. It isn't hard to do. Do we need to hear this? You get the idea, right? There's like candles Nothing all around. Yeah. They're in the dark. Nuno's on acoustic and Julian yeah, Lennon is singing. Very patchouli is in the air. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's trying to raise money for Ukraine, right? All right, I, this Come on, hands in the air, sway back and I'm forth. not doing that. Well, I'm on. I do wonder this, though. What? Imagine there's no countries. He's singing that to benefit a country under assault by another nation that says it doesn't exist. Well, when you look at lyrics like this, you're going it, by the feeling, not but literally, it, David. But it, it, that, that's, a, that's a communist manifesto in song form. Yes. To benefit a country that is under attack by a leader of another country who thinks one of the great tragedies in world history was the fall of, well, communist Russia. Yes. So it's a pro-communist song Correct. to benefit people who are under attack by resurgent communists. Yes. Instant karma might have been a better choice. There you go. <laughs> but please give money. Well, sure. Well, all I'm saying is, with Julian Lennon, I don't know. We were talking the other day about the song Volat that was in, what, 1983? Mm-hmm. He had a little run, and then it was over. Don't even know what happened to him, you know? And it was almost this sort of conversation. He didn't really use his dad's stature after that for a career. And out of nowhere, here he is. But it seems like maybe his heart's in the right place. I don't know what. I can't read his mind. You know, Betancourt, I don't know. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> Say, yeah, one of my favorite guitar players, he did something wrong? I don't know. It's not my thing. They just open up the Rolodex and start calling guitar players, and Nuno answered. <laughs> I mean, how did that happen? Got nothing else know. going on at the time? Yeah. I'm not sure. Hey, man, what are you doing? Nothing. Well, come on down. Anyway, okay. There's a lot more to get to. Um, <laughs> the GOP punished for protecting kids from grooming. you got to hear this audio straight ahead. Show Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The Sunday morning talking head shows. Again, hardly take it. I only it's, see highlights. It is really difficult. But you watch it. I, I watched them both. Yes, I, I know. And with a heart condition, I have no idea why I, you do it. I just. Okay, let's get to the Chuck. Chuck Todd Todd's thing. the worst. He is absolutely the worst. Chuck Todd. What a hack. We'll just get into this piece by piece because he's talking about Republicans. And the culture war. Oh, yeah. Only through this political lens can this guy look. And he's still wrong most of the time, even though he's supposed to be an expert. As we said, the culture wars appear to be heating up. And, and Carlos, uh, our home state of Florida has been sort of ground zero 
uh, for some of this action with the governor, DeSantis, almost. He's talking about Congressman or former Congress, Congressman Carlos Corbello. Using the legislature as his, as his primary vehicle, literally for 2024. But there's now a lot of copycat stuff going on in legislatures. Oh. Let me put up some headlines here on, on what critics have called this. Don't say gay bill about when you, when you can talk about. Uh, uh, what critics say it is? Yeah. What about what people say it is? Because people know what it is. Gay well. parents and things like this in schools, Alabama, Texas, Ohio. Um, one hallmark of the culture wars in this country is the party that overreaches is who gets punished. Okay. Are we at a tipping point here where the right's overreaching? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I lost my mind when I heard that. I still do. Wait. The right is overreaching. So, the, wait. It's so insanity. the side that's actually saying we should have secret sex conversations with five-year-olds. Without their parents' knowledge. Without, yes. Yes. That side's not overreaching. Correct. Okay. And it, this culture war stuff. No, you're talking about parents that care about their kids, Chuck. Yeah. Are well, you that dumb? And I, I've heard some people, even people who would consider themselves conservative, saying that the uh, the response to the pushback, calling people groomers, is well, that's just not fair. That's not that's not uh, helpful. Maybe that's what he's getting at in terms of the overreach. Except at the same time, it was less than a year ago that people on his network and others were saying that common sense abortion laws in Texas made Republicans the quote-unquote Texas Taliban. Remember that? Yes. Yeah, that was some overreaching. That was yeah. like September of last year. Well, here's Curbelo to, I guess, somehow put it in perspective. Well, Chuck, right now, Republicans are winning the culture wars in this country. That's just the way it is. You look at defund the police. You look at defund ICE. Now in Florida, you have this parental empowerment bill. The opponents call it the don't say gay bill. Republicans have basically baited Democrats in Florida into taking the position that students in grades K through three, students who are learning to color and read and write, should be taught about sexuality, about gender identity. So I think Democrats have consistently been at least perceived to be on the wrong side of these issues. Of and Republicans are going to keep going to the well every time. And for Ron DeSantis, if he runs in 24, he's going to run on these issues. It's this idea of a culture war stuff. Here we go again. Defund the police. How many lives have been lost because of that idiocy? A lot. And then the anti-grooming bill. That's parents who care about their kids. You talk about losing touch with reality. I mean, I don't know that Chuck ever had it. My goodness. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. If he did have it, it's gone. I don't know, man. I just don't know how you look just at a political lens through that and well, just look thing. at realities of parents caring about their kids or people wanting cops to stop criminals. And we're supposed to accept a guy who thinks he's a girl competing against other girls and breaking records. Yes. That's oh, a, yeah, that's certainly not pushing the envelope. Will Smith banned from the Oscars for 10 years. Yeah. Got that. that update the other day. Yikes. Um, he said he accepted and respected the Academy's decision. By the way, Chris Rock did another stand-up show said he's going to continue to not address the whole thing. That I'm okay, I have a whole show, and I'm not talking about that until I get paid. Well, exactly, the special. I mean, who's going to pay? Capitalism at its finest, right there. It's a huge cover-up going on in D.C. Get to that much more coming up right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins. David. Protocols as far as COVID go. Yeah. At the White House, they're fine. That, well, are they, though? Well, that's what they said. I mean, we're supposed to listen to the experts. I mean, look, I, I'm not a stickler for the protocols here, right? I, I, I mean, I think a lot of it is kind of silly right now at this point in time. But now a bunch of cabinet members and the Speaker of the House all have COVID, and they were in very close contact with the president last week. Super spreader! I mean, in the case of Nancy Pelosi, she was right next to Joe Biden on Tuesday and Wednesday, gave him a kiss on Wednesday, and then tested positive for the coronavirus on Thursday. Well, on the Today Show this morning, COVID czar Ashish Jha was asked whether or not they need to rethink these protocols at the White House. You look at those pictures, not a mask in sight. In hindsight, is that a mistake? So the White House has very tough COVID protocols, very tight protocols around the president, and rightly so, right? He is the president of the United States. Uh, everybody needs to be tested before they see him. And, you know, those protocols have, have kept uh, the White House reasonably safe. Now, I would not be surprised if we continue to see infections uh, pop up here and there. But so far, uh, I think the key issue is to follow those protocols, make sure that people are vaccinated, boosted around uh, each other, making sure people are getting tested. Okay. Sometimes you can have a false test. We all know this. Sure. Percentages, depending, can be high. But the protocols are fine. Listen, hey, okay, as long as you're vaccinated, because that stops you from getting it, right? No. Oh. Well, it stops you from spreading it. No. You're vaccinated. No, that, oh, yeah, that's, that's not right. not true either. Uh, and testing. Yeah, so maybe your protocols aren't all that good. No. Okay, but my goodness, if it was was CPAC or something like that, super spreader, oh my goodness. If we continue doing that, I think it's a very good way to continue to protect people. But just given the fact that the president is 79 years old (laughs) and he's not just anybody, he's the president, does the risk calculus change? Should he be wearing a mask? Yeah, look, I think the the COVID protocol in the White House is is pretty stringent. (laughs) The new czar is just like the old czar. Go back to the talking points. Just can't speak like a regular person. Can't do it. Didn't Biden get his fourth shot, too? He's had four now, right? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, he's had four. That's what I thought. Yes. Are you thinking about number four, Scott? No, I'm not thinking about number four. I'm I'm not. What if your doctor says Scott? Well, I don't see him for a few more months, so I'll see what happens then. Okay? Okay, man, I get get the message. I see the look in your eye, like, back off. Well, I I can't take it anymore. I understand. I can't take it. Let's, you know, maybe, I mean, I, and I hope Biden doesn't get COVID. I hope he doesn't. Because you'd rather have Biden than Kamala. Well, yeah, number one. And number two, it might have the reverse effect on Joe. What do you mean? He might get sharper. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. I, I honestly don't know. I think some other day we'll have that debate again. David, I think you still think that we're better off with Kamala than Joe. Well, because I, I do think that if something as as earth shattering as a presidential resignation would leave them spooked and basically it's all right, let's keep the lights on for the next couple of years. We're not going to go full bore into anything right now because we know that we've lost the plot. And I think the Democratic power brokers would agree with that because they know that if Kamala Harris becomes president, and if she were to try to enact an agenda on her own, it would be a generational loss 
for the Democratic Party. That party would be done for years. That is very interesting you say that because I thought generational loss, too. I mean, if it, if it happens, I mean, it, he, he, you're absolutely right. I mean, it could be generations before they get another president elected again. It could be. Sometimes I always think to myself, people have a short memory when it comes to some yeah. of this stuff. It's unbelievable. As just a point of that, we sit here and we watch the Black Lives Matter movement over time implode, right? You have the money, which is a huge issue. You don't know where it's gone except into mansions and houses for the people that run the thing. And then the whole defund the police. Well, that thing blew up because it was just common sense. But you still have people on the left screaming Black Lives Matter whenever there is a conservative that speaks on a college campus. And it doesn't matter if that conservative is black. No. Like Alan West, it happened the other night, University of Buffalo. He's there to give a speech and then do a Q&A. And there you have a whole group of people yelling Black Lives Matter and no justice, no peace. What does that mean at this point when you just have a black man that is there to talk to the students, not only about his experience, but also about a different way of thinking about the problems that we all face. Now, some people, they don't want to hear what he has to say. Uh, He is from the right, so he's evil, and Black Lives Matter, no justice, no peace. Well, remember, it has nothing to do with race. You know, the, the movement that has now been called Black Lives Matter in its most extreme forms has nothing to do with the color of one's skin or one's personal history or anything. It's it's a communist movement. That is true. That's it. It's substituting class struggle for racial struggle. That's it. Because one now, of the do you reasons. Think, do you think the people that are there, there screaming Black Lives Matter and no justice, no peace actually know that? No. Some of them might. I mean, dude, I, I don't know. You look at some of the mugshots out of Portland and Seattle, and a lot of them have that hammer and sickle tattooed on their bodies. Yeah. Or we're, or we're carrying the flag for it. I mean, so some of them do, and I suspect that many of them do not, though. They they just feel like this is part of raging against the machine or whatever, when really you are uh, basically acting as... I don't know what, a choir boy for the most destructive religion the planet has ever known. This is cool kids club stuff, though, right? I mean, the tattoos. I mean, this no, is like it's mental kids, illness, Scott. The if kids buying Shea Guevara shirts. No, that, that's it, it's a different level when you're getting it tattooed, man. When it when you're getting the hammer and sickle, I mean, you might as well get a swastika tattooed on your body. I mean, you you and you and Robert De Niro from uh, what's that movie? <laughs> The uh, where he plays the crazy stalker guy. Ah, oh, geez, I just I Cape Fear. Cape, Cape Fear. Fear. You, there's not a lot of daylight between you two. Come out, come out, wherever yeah. you are. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I sometimes wonder if they even know what it stands for or what it is. It seems like there's a couple of group of people. There are those that take it real serious, and then there are other people like, "Hey, man, we're going to protest." It's like the same people that will riot and loot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know what we're doing here, but man, can we run in there and grab some stuff? Right. In the name of justice? Heck yeah, we can. But you know, so you had Alan West talking about, hey man, one of the biggest problems in the black community is lack of fathers. It's fatherlessness in black homes. Whoa, 
you can't say that. <laughs> I mean, it, yes, when it when it comes to actual facts and stats, that's absolutely the truth. People don't want to hear it. And so then you had this one woman yelling at Alan West saying, how can you stand up there as a black man and, what is it, say things that are against our people? What does that even mean? I don't know. It's absolute nonsense. I mentioned a story in D.C. Yeah. That really has been covered up to a great degree. Yeah, it is. It is a sickening story. We don't have to spend much time on it. Oh, my gosh. It turns your stomach. It's awful. Yeah, there's a group of lawmakers that want law enforcement to look into an abortion clinic in Washington, D.C., because a pro-life group got the bodies of five aborted babies as they were being transported to a medical waste facility. I don't know if you've seen the photos. I mean, if you, I think it's, it's, it's one of those things that I understand if you don't want to look at them, I understand because it is especially, and I'm just speaking from the heart here as, as the parent of a, of a, of now an infant, a six month old and a two year old. I mean, it's just, it is gut wrenching, uh, and the question is whether or not these babies were born or in the process of being born uh, when they were killed. And there was, so, go ahead. And so lawmakers want answers, and the mayor of Washington, D.C. is now turning it around and saying that actually it was the people who got their fetal remains, got the babies, uh, who are breaking the law. And D.C. police actually kind of agree, uh, but I think a lot of people need to be demanding a an answer to this. because, And if you are pro-choice, go look at those videos, or go look at those photos, I mean, and, and tell me exactly what about that you think is women's health. Absolutely. Well, the, the local coverage of that, which, again, it didn't seem to go national, but this is... Well, one of the activists talking about what they discovered. Lauren Handy and I went to Washington Surgery Center to engage in anti-abortion advocacy. Upon arrival, we saw a truck labeled Curtis Bay Medical Waste Services parked outside. We approached the driver who was about to load two large boxes with biohazard symbols onto his truck. We asked him if he knew what was in the boxes, and after he said no, we told him dead babies. Oh, man. The driver was visibly shaken. The group told reporters there were 110 first trimester aborted fetuses that they buried with the help of a Catholic priest. The remaining five fetuses were kept at Handy's apartment. The activists said they coordinated with attorneys to alert the D.C. homicide unit about the location of the fetuses. But they don't want to do anything about it. Yeah. You're talking about a lot of laws broken there. In D.C. and then for the mayor to take the stance that she's taken. I mean, I don't think we're surprised. No. But it's God it's still please. disgusting. Yeah. I guess it's time to go to something on a lighter note. Yes, Oof. please. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's that's not any fun to talk about, but that's the reality where we are right now. Um, I mentioned this briefly before, and I think there are a lot of ladies that take a, at least a little bit of joy in this story, and. It's different things that sometimes women can obsess over but really don't matter to guys a whole lot. Um, 
one of the things they talked about in that story was chest size. That a lot of guys don't really care that much. No. But women think that they do. The way you said that, it doesn't sound like well, you Well, I mean, Scott. I think you can appreciate and enjoy all sizes. That's my... I, I try not to discriminate there. Huh. No. So it, that, that would be then to the point of it doesn't really matter that much. No, I, I don't. I don't think someone is more attractive or less attractive based on that, no. Right. Yes. It, it, for you, you're just happy to be there, it sounds well, like. Well, you know. <laughs> no matter what we're talking about. Like, I don't care if I'm playing for the Mets or the Yankees, right? I'm just glad to be in the show, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm touching a baseball. <laughs> okay. What? Let's just move on to the freckles. Okay. Okay. Apparently, some women obsess over that guy. Say, no, I don't, I don't even think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with cellulite. Yeah. Uh, or body hair. I don't know about that. I mean, I mean, somebody hairy. I don't know, man. They said, for example, a lot of women would freak out if a guy they were dating or husband had rubbed their leg and there was stubble. Oh, I don't care about that. So you're talking about the Euro I'm talking stuff. about like a Fu Manchu or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sideburns. <laughs> Some women face without makeup. They don't ever want to be seen without makeup. Yeah, doesn't bother me. To see a woman without makeup? No, not at all. Have you ever dated someone who looks completely different? Without makeup. I've, I've seen people who completely different, yes. Yeah. Completely different. Don't even look at the same people. Right. That's yeah, crazy. See, it sounds like you mind it then. Well, you kind of open the door and go, who are you? Why? <laughs> well, I mean, that is a form of lying, isn't it? Uh, kind of, I guess, yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, David, I, I mean, mean it draws on a good point because it's deceptive. I mean, right? no, but it, if you look completely different, I mean, yeah. that, that would be like if, if me as, as a Husky fella, if I've got like one of those little belly band things that makes it look <laughs> like I'm a like, 34 waist or something, and then I take off my shirt and all of a sudden everything spills out. Oh, that, like Spanx for dudes. Right. You would you would say, well, that was very deceptive. Right? <laughs> the advertising doesn't match the product. Right, exactly. Right. Yes. <laughs> That's why you're gray hairs. You thought you signed with the Yankees and you're playing with like the Corpus Christi hooks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, University of Texas. Men and women, room together, why not? That much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, University of Texas. Yeah. Men and women, room together. Yeah, they're starting a two-year pilot program next fall that will allow students to live together in certain campus residence halls regardless of their gender or sexual identity. All right. Okay. It's the no fam- problems there, I see. It's the family and friend expanded roommate option. <laughs> And about, uh, I don't know, four months after this starts, uh, they'll have to do a big campaign for, what, STD prevention or something? Mm-hmm. Possible. Uh, student advocates, though, have been pushing the university to have, this is how they call it, gender-inclusive housing <laughs> options since at least 2006. 
And, of course, there is a uh, senior at UT Austin who is also a transgender woman, so a man, uh, who has advocated for the change for over the past few years, uh, saying this is the result of so many students working on this issue. It's something, in my opinion, that is tangibly going to lead to so many students, trans students, feeling included. Okay. Coming to your university soon, I suppose. Yeah. Are you really going to pay for your kid's tuition? You're going to like, yeah, you got to take out a loan for that. I'm not funding that. <laughs> Sorry, kid. Oh, did you see the Walgreens story? Nope. Starting to ration baby formula. Oh, gosh, that's so sad. Why I chain issues, man. Yeah. What's gotten yeah. better since Biden became president? Exactly. There's no metric you can look at and go, well, it's better now. Not one. Unless you're an illegal alien. Well, yeah, then you got a free phone. Or a transgender athlete. Well, I've told you many times the metric, but you just don't want to listen to me. Okay, what is it? Less mean tweets. James! Oh, I'm always having fun. God. Mr. Trump. Outside of that, uh, I don't have one right now. Not one, there is one. Uh, first person to the Supreme Court that can't tell you what a woman is. See, got that. Okay. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. David has a lot of news updates. Where do you want to start, David? No, I can start off with the Federal Reserve data showing that consumers are more worried about inflation now than they ever have been as far as the records go back. With good reason. Yeah, with good reason, because everything's more expensive now. Your your dollar doesn't go as far as it does or as it used to. And now you've got multiple Wall Street banks saying, yeah, recession's on the way. I just saw the headlines again. Yeah, they tend to know those things. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that has a lot of people worried, and again, with good reason. Yeah. One one of the interesting data points in what the Federal Reserve put out today uh, was also the number of people who expect to lose their jobs in the near future. Near future meaning like the next year. How big is that number? People are very pessimistic about it. Oh, boy. Now, whether or not their job's going to exist, which is kind of weird because... Right now, you've got a situation where so many people are hiring. But, of course, if there's an economic downturn, which it looks like there's going to be one in a big way, we're not talking about, like, March to April 2020 blip, you know, because that was technically a recession. We're talking about something that is more real, that is not a reaction to a global pandemic, you know, for a couple of months as people are locking down everything. This is this is something that could be very, very real and could last a while. This is just anecdotal. It's a conversation that I was a part of over the weekend, talking about a couple of businesses that were having to scale back because lack of workers. Yeah. Usually a place that would open or be open till eight o'clock had to close at five, for instance. And <laughs> one of the kids I was around, it's like seventeen, 
said, well, who wants to work that job? And all I could think in my mind, and I said, it used to be you just didn't work because that was a job I wanted. It was because you needed money. That's why they called it a job. I mean, most of the jobs that we all entered into, into the workforce, wasn't a job that was like, man, this is what I've always wanted to do. Be a busser at Ponderosa. Yes. Goal accomplished. No, you needed frigging money. But there is a different mindset to go along with the government just paying people to stay home for a certain amount of time. So we'll see what happens, because that's the point I think you're trying to make, or at least the way I took it, David, to say, okay, this recession happens. There might be people taking jobs that they don't necessarily want, but they need money. Yeah. Government can't keep paying people forever, for crying out loud. But that's exactly what they're going to try to do. Of course. Exactly. And they've to stay in power. I mean, the reason we're here twofold, one, of course, does have to do with COVID because of the business shutdowns and the fact that they choked the economy mm-hmm. for as long as they did. Secondly, you can't just pump billions of dollars into the economy unearned money. You just can't do that and expect prices not to rise. It's common sense. Backed with the fact you've got a labor shortage. All right. What other news out there? Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, let's see. Oh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but a bunch of liberals in New York and D.C. got COVID, and now COVID's not that big of a deal. That's what I hear. Heard about that? The gridiron dinner in New York City. Super spreader. It was a super spreader. I mean, you got more than 70 people getting COVID. And if this were, I don't know, a football game in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, this would be headline news. All these irresponsible rednecks. But wait a minute. It's the clean, sophisticated people in New York City. Well, see, that's just, uh, uh, well, you know, that things happen. That proves that we need to be ever vigilant. Okay. Right. I mean, when you rednecks have your fun in the Ozarks, gosh, the irresponsible. Right. This so, is different. These people were celebrating something monumental. Well, and, and in D.C., yeah, I mean, you have Nancy Pelosi. you got a bunch of cabinet members coming down with the Rona. All of them are fine, from what I understand, uh, which should be the message of, hey, look, you're, we're going to have to learn how to deal with this and live with this, which should have been the message for over a year now at this point. Sure. But uh, anyway, uh, one of the big questions out there has been, what about Kamala Harris, the vice president? She was around the president, obviously. She was around the Speaker of the House. She was around a lot of these people who have coronavirus now. And, you know, for somebody who is one of the top people in the party of masking, there are a lot of photos out there of her not wearing a mask. I uh, just broke news. Right. <laughs> she just broke loose, exactly. Sure. Who needs a mask? So today, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked about this because they were lying at first. They said, well, she was always wearing a mask indoors. And it's like, no, but we've seen the photos. Correct. Okay, Jen. You said on Friday that um, the vice president was masked indoors all day. But the White House tweeted a video showing her standing over the president without a mask on. Can you explain what happened there? Well, I would say that the vice president and the president and all of us abide by what the CDC protocols are. It was an emotional day. It was a historic day. And there were moments when she was not wearing a mask inside, including in a photo. But she was wearing it 99.9% of the time. <laughs> Man, new CDC recommendations just dropped. If you're at an emotional event, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Right. Get together, celebrate a friend. Mm-hmm. 
You're okay. A friend in need is a friend in need. <laughs> right, see? Then that would be fine in that sort of situation. Because after all, we're celebrating. Freedom! <laughs> oh, my gosh. Gosh, dang. Well, you're getting You know, sometimes you wonder. Sometimes you wonder. You know, I wonder to myself all the time. You know, you, you, you do the, gee, I wonder, you know, wonder what hell is like. I mean, it's this horrible, horrible thing, right? And you, you think to yourself, maybe I'm in a room and I can't get out and it's really hot. And this is being piped in over the loudspeaker while I'm in hell over and over and over again on an endless loop of Kamala Harris chortling just over and over again. <laughs> and, you know, that's my picture anyway. Get right with things, okay? You don't want that. Can you imagine being, oh, my oh, gosh. I got good news for you. Yeah? <laughs> Not today. <laughs> That's on the loop, too, by Not the way. Not today. Freedom is on the loop. It's in hot rotation. Yes. <sighs> Can I get a drink of water, please? Yeah. Not today. <laughs> <laughs> right. And all the demons talk like her. They all <laughs> got the raggedy clothes on and the claws, and this is how they talk. And it's like that every day, isn't yes. it? It is time for us to no, no more, no. do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Okay. That's when I ask for lunch. Can I please get something to eat? Not today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. What was the other story? Oh, former Attorney General Bill Barr, you talking about breaking loose, right? Yeah. Uh, he was asked today during an interview with Brian Kilmeade on uh, his radio show, uh, he was asked about the Hunter Biden scandal, because Hunter Biden was oh. running around the world, bringing in millions of dollars using the family name uh, and, in fact, using the office of the vice president to secure some of those deals, flying on Air Force Two with Joe Biden while he was vice president. Uh, and, of course, we knew all of this and we knew some of the shady dealings uh, right before the election. Right. We knew this because The New York Post reported on it. And it was called Russian disinformation, right? Yes. And you had 51 current and former intelligence officials signing onto a letter saying, this has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. Don't believe it. It's not true. Of course, we know now, and most a lot of us knew then, it was real. This was a true story. So Brian Kilmeade asks former Attorney General Bill Barr, why is it that you had more than 50 intelligence officials signing on to this letter? Why would they do that? Great question. Why would 51 people put their, many were very respected, put their name on, on a letter like that? Because they're political whores. And, and <laughs> it was wrong for them even to put out a letter because they didn't know the facts. They had zero information. They did it as a political ploy to help Biden with. Yeah, remember, Biden was out there. Don't said this is hallmark of Russian disinformation. And then you had all the talking heads on TV saying the same thing. Wow, political horse. And he's, he always bar. does that matter of factly too, right? Yeah. In fact, you put their name on on a letter like that because they're political whores. Hey, everybody right. knows that, right? That's what <laughs> they are. Of course. What else you need to know? I miss that guy. I know, man. It, I do too. Because he's just sort of matter of fact. Yeah, all the time. But all that stuff. I don't know if you guys happen to see in the New York Post, they were talking about Hunter Biden, just not all the stuff we know of the last few years with 
the FBI and the laptop, that stuff. It goes back how he benefited from Joe's connections his entire career. Like, did you know, like, his first break was in 1988? He was busted for drug possession. Did you know this story? No. This is when Joe Biden, you know, Senator Joe Biden was pushing stiffer sentences for drug users to bolster his war on drugs bona fides, right? Hunter was treated with kid gloves. He said in a disclosure, this was, what, before he was nominated to serve on the Amtrak Reform Board in 2006? That's not even a joke. He said, I was cited for possession of a controlled substance in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. There was a pretrial intervention, and the record was expunged. What board was he on? The Amtrak what board? The Amtrak Reform Board. The Amtrak Reform Board. Yes. And then uh, he benefited uh, when he applied to Yale Law School as well. It just goes down the line. When Pops is a senator, man, you, you do have a pretty easy path, it seems. And you could still be an absolute screw-up, you know, time after time after time. And still get, what, $3 million from Burisma? Ukrainian energy company? When you know nothing about the industry, it doesn't matter. They got the crackheads look up to him like, very successful <laughs> crackhead. Highly functioning crackhead. <laughs> yes. Crackhead, yeah. 500 grand for his paintings? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if this dude was Republican? What the media would do with this? Oh, man. It would be absolutely incredible. Uh, meanwhile, Fauci says, you know, really, it's up to individuals to determine COVID risks at this event or at this juncture in time. We'll get to that. And much more coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update, David Van Camp. Yeah, when we talk about the border crisis, uh, I think sometimes there are people out there who are thinking that this is only something that will affect border states, right? It's, I mean, and it does to a large degree, but this has an effect all over the country. When you've got a million and a half people coming across in one year and another million coming in this year, and it's probably going to be way more than that when everything is all said and done. This yeah. has a lot of effects on a lot of communities all over this country. Now, in Portland, Maine, they're saying that they don't have enough money to keep the lights on, basically, because of an influx of migrants showing up in their city. A hundred per week. And that's not a very large city. No. So what are they doing even complaining about it? <laughs> Okay, you just take it. That's what you're supposed to do, according to the administration. Be loving. That's what the Bible says. That's what they'll tell you. That's what they'll tell you, yes. They do, do too. So they're going to have to submit or delay submitting a budget for fiscal year 2023 because they cannot afford to care for the influx of of migrants. Uh, They say the primary reason for this delay is due to the fact that over the last six months, the city has been experiencing an unprecedented volume of asylum seekers 
from the U.S. southern border and record numbers of circumstantially and chronically homeless individuals seeking emergency shelter services, two major issues uh, just convening in one small city. They're expected to spend more than $44 million over the next fiscal year on on asylum housing alone. That is double the entire budget for the city's health and human services program. Yeah, so again, take a Bible quote out of context and shame people in Maine for even complaining. Yeah. Forget that, take care of your own household, all right? Give away everything. It's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw Kevin McCarthy in a bipartisan group going to go to Ukraine. I don't know if you saw that or not. I thought, okay. You know, I understand the gesture on some level. At the same time, are you going to take that same bipartisan trip down to the border? Because this is actually our country. And that's not to say that the atrocities going on in Ukraine are okay. Obviously, they're not. But it does seem like this care for the United States and what's happening at the border, ah, well, it's just something we deal with. No big deal. Those people and... Yeah, and those states can deal with that. They're invading our country too. I mean, you know, they're just—they're just not bringing tanks and weapons with them. It's—we we can't afford it. You hear this all the time. It's maddening. My gosh. And then you'll get the administration. You mentioned this earlier today. Next thing, Biden's going to go after guns. Yeah. Other gun violence. Yeah, rolling oh, out new restrictions today. New ATF rules today. Brought up the point the other day, and it doesn't seem like it ever gets made. If you just go the two Gs, let's go guns, gangs. Like illegal guns, or we talking about law-abiding citizens that own a gun? Let's go law-abiding citizens versus gangs. What's a bigger threat? Well, that's an easy question to answer. Yeah. But we never talk about the gangs. No. I never mean, talk about it. No, it, I mean, listen, if you really want to crack down on the number of illegal guns out there it has nothing to do with ghost gun kits because that's a tiny percentage of the number of guns used in the service of a crime and on that see this headline from fox news atlanta rapper accused of trafficking guns to crime plague philadelphia how about that here's the mandatory minimum for straw buyers or anybody who is running guns mandatory minimum 50 years in prison yep you'll clean that up pretty quickly yes uh, who is the rapper? It's Frederick Norman. His oh, rap name is... I was going to say, please, he's not Frederick Norman. Slow-key Fred. There you go. Yes, sir. Accused of running the ring that's purchased hundreds of firearms from federally licensed firearm dealers across Georgia. This is since 2020. And then sell them without a license, of course. Take them up to Philadelphia. Sell them there. Make a bunch of money. And we'll see where this goes. Wow. 50 years, you say? Yep. Minimum. If you are a straw buyer and you are involved in that type of ring, minimum 50 years in prison. I can't wait to see how this plays out. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Van Camp needs his own judge show. I'll, I'll tell you, man, that'll that'll make people think twice at least. You're in the courtroom of Judge Dan. You're like, there is, if, you're, if you are convicted on that, there is no judicial discretion. Right. Nothing. I'm still for it if I'm you're too. in possession. Yeah. If you're buying, 
if you're if knowingly you and willingly gun, buying, yeah. Yes. Yeah. You own a legal gun, caught with it. I was saying five years. I would I would settle for two. Automatic. I don't think they're going to do that. Oh, the Fauci story. He, he now says it's up to individuals to determine COVID-19 risks. Yeah, does he? Hmm. All of a sudden, individual responsibility making a comeback, it seems. Yeah. Mr. Robbins, do you have your top three stories of the day? Yes, sir. The trifecta. And a news update next right here. Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Jamie Markley, yeah, I'm the Gen Xer, the Millennials, David Van Camp, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins, who has his trifecta coming up in just a few. Yeah. News update, David Van Camp. Well, uh, uh, the Biden administration knows that the March inflation numbers, which are set to come out this week, uh, are not going to be good. You know, the consumer price index, all that stuff. We know it's not going to be good because it hasn't been good for months. And, of course, it is going to be accelerated thanks to uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine, but that's only a part of the story. But Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, is out there in full spin mode mm-hmm. saying, well, see, it's Putin's price hike, That's what, but, but we, have, we have averted the worst crisis. What? Okay, just play. So because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were <laughs> last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. Since President Putin's military buildup accelerated in January, average gas prices are up more than 80 cents. Most of the increase in, uh, occurred in the month of March, and at times gas prices were more than a dollar above pre-invasion levels, so that roughly 25 percent increase in gas prices will drive tomorrow's inflation reading and certainly it's not a surprise to us but we certainly think it will be reflected so jen didn't get the memo that people aren't buying the putin price hike i mean it's not just voters it's legacy media doesn't buy it. And every time we talk about gas prices, Democrats do. President Biden does. It's always Putin's price hike. They're trying to blame, of course, the Russian president and the invasion of Ukraine uh, for the jump in, in prices. But of course, as polling suggests, the, this president is going to take a lot of the blame here. Biden has called it a Putin price hike, but most Americans aren't buying it. With the midterms now just a few months away and inflation at a record high, the president is now putting the blame squarely on Vladimir Putin, calling this the Putin price hike. But his Republicans and the president's critics have been quick to Note, gas prices were already rising before Russia started this war. I guess if it's your talking point and you think it sounds good, you just stay with it if you're Jen Psaki, yeah. I guess. The White House is trying to do to do to both. Blame Putin, blame the oil and gas companies, but Americans just don't agree. We don't agree because it's not true. No. It's not true. I want to just share a little secret, sometimes off air. One of us might say to the others, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm getting too much hate in my heart from covering some of these stories. And without saying who that is, mm. but obviously it's not me, because then I reply with, I know the feeling. Okay. It's all right. It's part of it. 
Sometimes you might say it's righteous. Sometimes, though, it's disturbing. I like to think of it more of rage than hate. I got to tell you, though, and I fought this twice over the weekend, and I wasn't looking for news. It popped up. When I see Jen Psaki now, I do. I have this feeling like, you lying sack. I, I get instantly irritated because of all the lies and everything else. I understand, press secretaries, that's almost part of the gig. But when you just stand on lies and you know they're lies, it's not like it's even some sort of spin. It's outright lies, one after another. You wonder, what happened to your soul? What's wrong with you? Okay. Money, baby. This is time on the couch. What do you say to me, David? Well, I'll, I'll pull back the, per, uh, the curtain a little bit and say it's me that's been saying, I got a lot of hate in my heart, Jamie. I got to do something about that. So you're asking the wrong guy, because my answer is, no, they're evil, and you should have nothing but disdain for these people. At least the actions they take. I try not to make it about people, but then I'm I'm also like, you know what? A person is the culmination of the decisions they make. Yeah, well, if you've got a whole bunch of people who are out there gleefully laughing off, hurting people all over the world with these, what, Twitter-based policies that they're trying to push mm-hmm. forward no that's that that is an evil human being that's a bad person and, and they should be called out as such and this conversation continues pretty much every day sometimes on air sometimes off but yeah just trying to figure it out and then we let the rage monster take over are you about ready for your big yeah of the let's day? go man i'm ready yeah okay scott robbins trifecta are we all ready is casey is it's been a long weekend i know let's roll this you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Scott Robbins, top three stories of the day. Do it every day at this time. Is Casey ready? Good. Oh, yeah. He's doing good. Oh, All right. Okay. I'm Casey Kasem. Thank yes. you. Yeah. Scott's helped by his hero, Casey Kasem, That's to right. count him down. I'm ready. Okay. Yep. Three. Uh, well, number three, starting off here, the enthusiasm gap looking forward to the midterms is very real, and it is not good news for Democrats. So starting off with good news, Scott. Yeah, it is, and it's interesting to me because um, this is usually the thing that matters the most to me because it encompasses everything, whether you're enthusiastically going to support a party or a candidate. The enthusiasm gap right now sits at Republicans 57% enthusiastic, Democrats 37% enthusiastic so that sort of translates to who's going to get out and vote that is a 20 point enthusiasm gap deficit for the democrats right now yeah and i put together a little list of things okay because we were talking about what can joe biden run on reelect me because okay what's the accomplishment here first time in u.s history parents have been labeled domestic terrorists by the fbi we saw that yes record inflation Record oil and gas prices. Yes. Loss of 10,000 jobs on day one with the pipeline. Yes. Millions of illegal aliens at the southern border. Sure. Disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan. Yeah. Casey's really helping you today, I notice. More COVID deaths from Biden than Trump, according to the CDC. Yes. Fewest press conferences than the last four presidents combined. Wow. Casey? Sure. Okay, geez. Record crime in cities controlled by Democrats. 
and appointing Kamala the border czar. Those are the things he's running on. Gotcha. Yeah. Again, one metric. <laughs> Give me one. I can't believe the enthusiasm. I can't believe it's a 37 percent. Who Let, are these people? Less mean tweets. That's the only thing. Gosh, dang. Man. We're getting closer and closer right. to number one. Yeah. Two. Uh, number two, California is looking to shorten the work week. Yeah, they are. There is a now there is legislation being sponsored out there. They're working on a bill that would reduce the typical work week to four days. You'll still only need to put in eight hours per day to receive the same pay. Mm-hmm. As a bonus, if your boss really needs you to work that extra eight hours per week, you're currently putting in, then they'll have to pay you overtime. Doesn't that sound awesome? Sounds like people going out of business. Yes. Sounds like small business hurting. Your players are definitely not going to like this. And the law of unintended consequences will probably take over with new hires after they throw you out. If they have to pay you the same amount of money, they'll just hire other people to come in and fill your position and pay them for four days a week. Well, if I want to live in dreamland utopia, would it be nice to work four days a week and have an extra day off? Yeah, sure. Sure would. But I get paid for five days. But it is not going to work out that way. No. And the minute they start going, wait a minute, I'm only getting four days worth of productivity from you, and I'm paying you the same amount of money I was when you were working five? No, i got to let you go. How about opening up negotiations to people that have more productivity in four days than others do at five that get paid the same amount? How about that? No, I'm, I'm good with that, too. That's what or, you want to do. Or how about it's my business and... <laughs> the state needs to stay out of it. I'll do what Absolutely. I want. That's the answer. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now, on with the countdown. Oh, yeah. And finally, one. It's a, it's a banner day. Mark it down. Uh, Scott Robbins agrees with Al Sharpton. This is what? incredible. This is MSNBC. And they're talking about the midterms and the disappointment. That is the Democrat Party. And Al Sharpton is on this panel. And anyway, here we go. That if all those employed people can't buy groceries, we have a serious problem. But that's problem. kitchen table, too. It's kitchen yes, table, yeah. but Mika, it's more than just messaging. It's more than whether or not Democrats have a slogan that says well, Democrats deliver. It's what are we actually going to do to intervene to try to lower prices, lower inflation, until people see that happen and feel it in their pocketbooks. Sometimes I don't think the messages message matter. Sometimes it's a problem problem. It's a yeah, problem. Exactly. It's a problem. Exactly. dealing with the problem. Because yeah. let's remember that all of this happened while the Democrats were in power. You told us to uh, put you in power, we put you in power, and now I can't afford the life I'm living. You've got to tell me how you're going to deal with that, because I put you in power there to Joe, understand me, not to preach to me. Joe, I'm over here nodding like a bobblehead when I hear Al Sharpton, and I'm like, what the heck was going on here? Well, so you agree with him saying, hey, you're in power. Yeah, we got you there. Now what? Look what you're doing. Right. Isn't that sort of Al's gig? You're always griping and moaning no matter who's in power. It's somebody keeping you down, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Isn't that part of the grift? If, if you care so much about impoverished people or people in the black community, mm-hmm. and you're telling them to go out and vote for Democrats time and time again, and yet things are getting worse, then it sounds like you should start reevaluating your stances there, bro. Are you thinking maybe the problem is you? Not all on Al, but certainly he's part of the machine that keeps a lot of people down. Absolutely. Totally agree with that. Democrats are outright jitty.
Well, that too. <laughs> that too. But anyway, not, I, when, not I, when I find myself agreeing with Al Sharpton, I think the end is near. But there's some truth to that. And there you yeah. have it. Yes. Good job on the traffic. The Caesar's starting to Enjoy boil. That. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, you're going to agree with some people every once in a while, right? Just maybe not for the reason you think sometimes. You just don't know. All right, another news update to get to. Oh, and Nimrod's in the news you don't want to miss. Coming up right here. It's really been an honor for me. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Another news update. David Van Camp. Uh, well, President Biden is announcing new executive action pertaining to firearms and in particular uh, ghost guns. These are not quite assembled and put together guns that people can get. They can get their kit. They can put it together. There's no serial number on the gun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though they don't account for the overwhelming majority of crime, apparently, this is the thing that's going to really solve it. So this is going to be their big deal. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, here's the president of the United States talking about it. A year ago this week, standing here with many of you, I instructed the attorney general to write a regulation that would rein in the proliferation of ghost guns because I was having trouble getting anything passed in the Congress. But I used what we call regulatory authority. A year later, we're here, we keep that promise. Look, the idea that someone on a terrorist list could purchase one of these guns is extreme. It isn't extreme. There you go. What is it? It isn't extreme. It isn't or it is. Uh, I think he was saying, I, I think he had trouble reading the teleprompter there. I think he meant to say, like, put emphasis on different words there. Like, to say like uh, someone on the terror list could buy one of these guns, it isn't extreme. I don't know, man. It's my Josette's burned out. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the major squint going on today too in the room. That's well, a little bright, you know. He should have the aviators on for this one. He has that inside too. Trying yeah. to see the teleprompter. At the squint. Yeah, it's like the old guy of the Muppets. Always grumpy what he looks like okay yeah i know david hogg is in attendance today that's not a joke now you yeah. serious i'm dead serious yes i saw that he was very excited well this is bringing change there you go this is the guy who david hogg is is honestly the guy who uh greased the wheels of his rise to fame with the blood of his classmates so yes shameless that's... individual Jeez. okay let's get to nimrods like we didn't already roll it out when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Who likes a good cat fight? I'm just asking. Oh, Anybody? Sure. That could be fun. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll start in Clearwater, Florida. 53-year-old woman named Susan Rudenthal got arrested the other day. Um, she and her girlfriend, I guess, were arguing. 
Um, it sounds like, at least from the report, like the girlfriend had accused Susan of cheating. Okay, not cool. Uh, don't really know what happened, but Susan was mad enough that she used her cat as a weapon. This was not your typical cat fight. This uh, was a full-on cat fight. What? Sad. Well, I haven't even finished the story Okay, yet. go ahead. Okay. So Susan held up the cat and swore on the cat's life. I haven't cheated. Okay? <coughs> I swear on... Give me a cat's name. My cat? No, any cat. Camden. Camden? I swear on Camden's life. I didn't cheat. Apparently, the girlfriend didn't believe her, so she shoved the cat in the girlfriend's face, which sort of freaked out the cat. And then it went after the girlfriend and, uh, man, went into attack mode. Police said the girlfriend had multiple lacerations on her face when they showed up. Arrested Susan for domestic battery. What happened to the cat? And says in the police report they listed the type of weapon used as feline. That's not a joke. Mm. Susan claims she's the true victim. She didn't do anything wrong. She also got arrested for domestic battery in March of last year, although those charges were eventually dropped. Apparently, they had to put the cat down. No. Yeah. They put the cat down? No. They I was going to say, the cat had fine. nothing to do with it. <laughs> the cat's well, fine. Was it a ghost cat? or? <laughs> yeah. We don't know we yet. We, we, it is high time for common sense cat reform in this country. Right. Was it Where a sense cat? used to say common sense control. <laughs> anyway, Prince fans know what I'm talking about. I got about. it. Anyway, uh, then speaking of little pets, how about a bunny as a pet? I had one once. It didn't last long. As a kid. Well, it's not really a bunny. Uh, it's a mall's Easter bunny actor. Oh. Um, now, it was not on duty as the Easter bunny, but the actor actually got tased by police. Okay, but not in costume, just the actor. But still, you hired this guy to be the mall's Easter bunny? Oh, my gosh. Um, he changed out of the costume late in the afternoon and apparently assaulted a female cop around 7 o'clock. Oh, boy. That's a bad bunny. Yep. Arrested. <laughs> and that's Nimrod's In the News.